Well, hi everyone, and welcome to QI Insider. This is the QI podcast brought to you from North Staffs Combined. Thank you for joining. Uh, my name is Jane Beasley. I am delighted this afternoon to say we have with us Lynette, and Lynette is working uh, with a community hospital alcohol team. And um, Lynette Jessup has been there, I think, for nearly 20 months now, so a relatively new team. So I'm delighted to share this with you because, you know, sometimes in the NHS you're going along and you hear such a lot of bad press um, about the NHS in the media. And occasionally I'm really privileged to hear clinicians bring about change in their services, really improving them for patients. And um, it's so brilliant and so exciting that I wanted to share this with you today. So I don't know whether you're just having a little bit of lunch or listening to me while you're typing away, uh, replying to those thousands of emails that are in your inbox, or maybe two emails in your inbox, I don't know. Um, so let's dig in now and um, join Lynette and see what she's got to tell us about her project. So um, welcome Lynette. Hello. Hi. I, I re just remember Lynette, I did miss a fantastic fact about you just now and that fantastic fact is that you've been qualified for nearly four years with us but before that you were an engineer an electrical engineer for 24 years what brilliant training could there be for for qi perfect <laughs> great skills welcome <laughs> thank you yeah it certainly brings um brings a lot to the table when you when you're doing a project like this brilliant so that that sciencey uh let's understand what's going on let's understand the problem before we jump into a solution. Yeah. It's that engineering thinking, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Perfect. So tell me a little bit, um, Lynette, about the team that you work in, what they're called, um, and what their aim is really of the team, because I know it's new um, in itself. Tell me a little bit about that. Okay. So the Community Hospital Alcohol Team um, were commissioned to start in April 2020 originally, but because of COVID, things were a bit delayed. Um, so we then started October 2020, and the remit of the team is to assist with the alcohol liaison team at Royal Stoke. There's a lot of people that go across there with an alcohol dependency and they can end up being admitted into hospital and staying there for quite lengthy periods. Whereas a team like ourselves, we're able to go over, we're able to assess, see if people are suitable to come out and have a home detox, complete the support with us, and then go on to have 12 weeks of psychosocial intervention from ourselves to kind of put the foundations there for them to continue alcohol free. We, we work with the alcohol liaison at A&E and on the emergency portals. And we also 
we have referrals come through them from preams but so people waiting for operations that will need to have a reduction or if we can help them to get abstinent before that operation because then it reduces the risks um, of the, the procedures and we also have people coming through um, off some of the wards there for um, uh, the renal department, um, gastroenterology. So again, we work with people there to, to help put some reduction and, and some kind of plan in place. Currently, um, with the community teams, people would be referred, but then they have to wait to be contacted to, to have those assessments. Whereas we'll go meet the people at the hospital um, so they get to know who we are be before they leave. And then we'll complete, we'll start uh, building that relationship from, from day, day one of meeting them. And they've got support straight away from the minute they're discharged, that there's no waiting. So that reduces the likelihood of a, an immediate relapse. And I can see, as when we think of the system um, and people flowing in and out of our acute hospital, the need for this. <laughs> to help that flow and the need for those people as well. Can see, I can see why it's been commissioned. So that's really great news, isn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah, so you were part of the um, Quality Improvement and Leadership Programme um, here at North Staffs Combined. And as part of that, you, did a project, completed a project. So tell me a little bit about the background to the project and what you were trying to accomplish. So leading up to um, to, to considering where I could go um, once completing this, this QI project, I looked at the amount of people that were referred into the service over a 12-month period. Um, one of the big things I looked at was the dropout rates and, and why people were dropping out. And I found that even though we were, we were completing 12 weeks of work with people, a lot of the work, again, because of the, the difficulties, the services, not just ourselves, but all the services have had with COVID, a lot of the contact was telephone support. And it's, it is easy for somebody to say that they're OK and they're managing and they're alcohol free and everything's running smoothly for them over the telephone. But the reality is a lot different to that. So we looked at um, the retention rates and it was found that either through dropouts or people we were re-referring to CDAS that needed another detox because they'd relapsed. We were we over a 12 month period, we'd only successfully managed to get 26% of people to complete the 12 weeks of support with ourselves and then move on to stroke recovery service, which is abstinence based for that continuity of support. So it was looking at what could we do differently, because even though they were having that telephone contact, it wasn't working for everybody. So what could we do? What, what could be different and, and you know, went through a different um, couple of different scenarios with my colleagues and said, you know, what can we do? What can we hit hit home with and, and what is going to help that information to, to stick with somebody? So that's when we come up with the workbook. So we developed a recovery workbook, 
which give people the insight into what alcohol dependency is because the words themselves are, are, are there's quite a stigma around alcohol use and when people use use words the terminology you know people you you're bound to have heard through people be called alkies alcoholics um, and it's quite frowned upon it and that stigma as well is really hurtful to somebody that wants the support but is scared because of being labelled you know so we put information into this workbook to break those stigmas down and to let people know that it's this can happen to absolutely anybody from any walk of life and there should not be a stigma. You should be comfortable to be able to talk about this and understand what the, the problem is and how we can go about tackling it. So we filled the book with, with loads of information. But we didn't want to make it all about just reading information either. So I did some digging with other trusts to see what they were doing, looked at some research online to see what was relevant, what, what other areas were using. And we, we managed to combine the information that we collated with some worksheets that people could work through and find their own triggers and develop a relapse prevention plan. Everybody that uses these services, they've all got a different and unique story. So it had to be tailored to, to be able for everybody to have something from it and not a one size fits all because that, that's not reality. So we managed to put these exercises in and, and people could then look at their triggers, look at some of the difficulties they have, look at some of the coping mechanisms that they, they could use when they were having difficulties and that enabled them then to put together their own relapse plan and it is something that they can reflect on because they're going to everybody coming through this journey are going to have good and bad days. So on a bad day, particularly, you know, we'll say to people, look back in this book. What did you do differently? What, what was a good day? What was a bad day? And what's the difference? And that, that book gives them something to work through. It gives them a sense of achievement and they can map their own journey using that book. I can hear that it's this, they're owning it, it's their, their journey, isn't it? Yeah. And it's something, it's not a, a, a clinician's document, it's it's owned by them. And and, and did you test it out with some people to, to see how it went down? What, what, how did you figure out what would be the best format for this? Did you? I know that you looked at some national information and what other people were doing did you test it out um, with some service users to yeah. to begin with big, big, the team are only a small team there's only six of us in the team and my colleagues have got extensive um substance misuse backgrounds so they were able to give me feedback from a patient point of view because over many many years they, they have supported these patients. So my initial um, thought was to, to test it with them and I had some excellent feedback. And then from that, I was able to adapt the booklet and I asked several of the people we were supporting if they'd be happy to trial this out. And they were. So initially it was only six people 
Um, I drafted a feedback form so they, they could give me some honest and, and open feedback as to how it could be improved or if they felt things could be taken out or something added. And, and I sent it out. So that that was my first um, in, in May this year was my first draft of it going out. And I did have five feedback forms sent back um, with really, yeah, which was, which considering there was only six go out, I was really pleased with that, um, which all had really good feedback and it helped me to make um, several tweaks to the book. And, and in fact, it's it's helped us to develop two booklets now. So the one we've we've kept for because that people felt that the first draft was very professional, good for somebody working in the the service or students coming in to to see what the service entailed. Um, and then I've got a patient booklet as well. So so all the students now that come through were able to have a copy of the book because they can see what we do. They can look at um, the information and look at how we, we set these relapse prevention plans. And, and then we've got the booklet that we send out to the patients. So I'm on my um, second attempt now of sending that out. So I'm waiting for the feedback to come back from there. Um, so there's 20 people now involved in this. So we're going to see what the results come back from there, see if we need further um, tweaking. If everybody's happy where it is at that point, then we're going to look at getting some funding to have it because it's, it's quite rough at the moment going out. So we'd like to get it published in a, in a proper workbook format yeah. um, and, and then hopefully all of our patients then that we support will each have a copy and and some people may choose that it's not for them and that that's completely fine and we say this to people when we ask them and um, before sending it out if if there's any difficulties let us know um because we do we do think over time there will be things like accessibility you know whether it needs to be an easy read format whether we need to make adaptations for people with learning needs that that it may not be as accessible for now so we anticipate pay that for the yeah. future yeah so yeah i was thinking about that i was also thinking about oh, in the future it could be an app <laughs> yes absolutely absolutely <laughs> and it's <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah absolutely because when when we were training in uni at keel um, we we did a um, one of the projects was a reusable learning object and I helped develop an app for that and it would be fantastic if down the line this could be an app and it would be accessible for anybody then. Yeah, and once you've got this content, this fabulous content that has been through this iterative process with people that you support, looking at it, making a con contribution. Well, have you thought about access for this group or that group? Um, you'll end up with something that is accessible for all, which is yeah. which is amazing. And I know that this project is continuing now and that you're aiming to make some difference by the end of this year. So we're only kind of midway through. So it's fantastic, fantastic to hear about. Um, is there anything else you want to add about the project at this stage or are you just waiting to see what happens next? 
Um, at the moment, we, we're waiting to see what happens next, but it's constantly reviewing the literature as well and, and looking at the NICE guidelines and, and looking, you know, what the, the government guidelines are. So we're keeping that information very relevant and up to date so we're not missing out on any new developments. Thanks so much for sharing that. Um, great insights, great team to have in locally to be doing this work. I think we're all lucky to have you. <laughs> um, as a leader, I think that you are a quality improvement leader in our trust, having completed your training and especially with that engineering background. Um, not that I'm envious in any way, I want to point that out. Um, what key piece of advice would you give people who perhaps are earlier in their career that want to start out on a QI project? What would you say to them? I would say that you're in a very good position to see the change that needs to happen. Because as you're early in your career, you're going in with fresh eyes um, having completed university and you will see some of the things that you think could be done better or there could be improvements on and go with that change. Be the person to make that change. It's you know, break it down, find the root cause, break it into small chunks and go with it. Don't let it be a niggle in the back of your head. Be the one that makes that change. Well, Annette, I don't think I could have said it better. <laughs> Thanks for those words of wisdom. I definitely could not have said that better. So be that change. You are on the front line. You can see the change with your fresh eyes and, and go for it. So thank you so much, Lynette, for for your time this afternoon. It's just a joy and I am just so lucky to be able to talk to you this afternoon and hear about the fantastic work that you're doing. So thank you very, very much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Bye-bye.